0: For the hottest news out of the obstacle racing scene? Want to stay up to date on the freshest info, the latest podiums, and hear interviews with the Who's Who and OCR? Well, you've come to the wrong place. Well, some of that you'll find here. But we're not the media. This is not ORM, OCM, OCRM, ORCM. This is OCR Talk.
1: Hello, this is Jason Dupree,
2: and Anna Landry,
1: and this is episode number forty-four of OCR Talk. You are listening to the recap of World's Toughest Mutter. A whole Week two, weeks? Two, two weeks, two two and a half weeks later. Why are we so late?
2: Because we're just fashionably late.
1: <laughs> Why didn't you record and put up another episode like you were supposed to <laughs> last time?
2: Oh, like while <laughs> I was running World's Toughest. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah uh well so we are late but you know kind of awesome thing this year there's been a a ton of of stuff come out from different people uh even without will hicks doing anything you had matt put out i know him and josh with their davis and Chase talk about worlds but he but matt had his own content that he had recorded from other people you know recording people um during the event and then mike stefano and caitlin ritter they've got like three episodes and then i haven't even gotten a chance to listen to all these yet uh i haven't gotten a
2: chance to listen to the drunk javier i want to <laughs> i want to save it for my yeah. drive home today <laughs>
1: <laughs> and i think even the bro cr supercast even had some some world stuff that i haven't yep. i haven't got to to that yet either Slacking. Just... i'm really curious if um Scott Knowles is going to do anything at I am a Spartan podcast cuz obviously he yeah, usually just talks about
0: volunteering. Spartan. Yeah.
1: But right, he was there. Uh, I haven't checked to see if he has released anything. Have you?
2: Uh no, I haven't. I've been kind of diving straight into all my grad school work that I've been putting off <laughs> because of worlds.
1: Ah, uh, I thought you were going to say diving s- straight into snow.
2: Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> a really fun snow day yesterday. I just stayed in and drank wine.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty awesome. Of course. So we had a coworker who lives in Colorado, and he sent us pictures and was like, look what you're missing. But what he sent was pictures of them like plowing the porch. Oh, jeez. It's, it's well, that's not the fun part of snow. No. Why are you sending us that? I no. don't want to see the work that it.
2: <laughs> Although the work was pretty fun if you have a tractor like we do or it's not our tractor, oh, yeah. but like it was pretty cool. <laughs> <I'm> n- <laughs> I grew up in Dallas. I never rode in a tractor before.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs>
2: So whenever we were turning off of our road to go into our driveway and we were met by this wall of snow, (laughs) luckily my neighbor across the road who is already snow plowing his driveway, he was like, you want to uh, park your car in my driveway until y'all can get some heavy machinery (laughs) to create a path? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, no one's leaving here for a long, long time. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. So what was it? Y'all had, what, like 15 inches or so? We
2: got close to two feet of snow where nice. where we live in Golden because we live, like, right in the foothills. And, yeah, yeah. we got close to – there was close to two feet in some places because the snow drifts were pretty, were pretty bad.
1: <laughs> Did y'all get any, any sleds out or anything yet?
2: Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if Lauren has a video of me trying to sled, but this was about, like, <laughs> a bottle and a half of wine in
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> when
2: we were about to go inside and eat dinner and I was like let's go sledding <laughs> so the kids from the last snow we got had left their their sled out and so I, I had mm. to go dig it out from the snow <laughs> to begin with and then <laughs> like it's like just fresh powder and so it's super super soft and light and it's just like almost like just jumping into a pile of dust and like
0: yeah.
2: and i was like no no i can get a running start i was so convinced that i could get a running start and jump on the sled and i just like sunk <laughs> like a foot into the snow <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i uh you you plan on doing any snowboarding or anything now that you're up there i'm
2: planning on learning how to snowboard <laughs> i tried cool. learning how to ski but i don't know i I don't know if I'm pigeon toed or what, <laughs> maybe, maybe mm. I just need like just one board to focus on, <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, snowboarding, you know, it's, it's just definitely the, the orientation that you're more comfortable with. Yeah. I mean, more comfortable facing forward or sideways. So, you know, bike versus skateboard. Type right. Thing. But well, good luck. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Hopefully I don't run into any trees. <laughs> From what my coworker <laughs> told me, she's like, it's going to be like three days of you falling. And then like the fourth day, you're just going to get it. (laughs) I'm like, okay, (laughs) that sounds like fun. Let's do it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it it can definitely take a bit if you're just not used to not only the, I mean, like if you're, if you're, if you know, water skiing, you know, you might be able to ski, but But it's still, there's still a good difference between the two. Yeah.
2: You hear that? If I can't get it down, I'll just stick with sledding and tubing that I can do.
1: (laughs) Well, uh, we do, I know, I know I put down quite a bit of notes of things I wanted to talk about, about worlds. And before we get there, did you have, I don't think you added any notes. I don't, um, no, nope. you're just going to go off what yep. i say, I guess.
2: <laughs> um, just going to go with the flow. I, <laughs> you know me.
1: I tried, yeah, I tried to write down as much as I could while we were still out there. Cause like, you know, after the event, right after is when a lot of these things pop in my mind and yeah. I forget what you Just do.
2: remembering so it right all.
1: Hmm. Well, before we do, we did get a new review. Okay. Uh, in Apple Podcasts, I got a, we got a review by persons, person or persons of interest is what it says. Mm. Yeah. But they said great stuff by Jason and the other and other lady. <laughs> Gave us five stars. And they said, Jason and Anna do a great job keeping the conversation fresh and real. I enjoy these two and their take on the OCR scene. I really appreciate that. That's, uh, I mean, obviously a, a nice review is nice, but.
2: Um, Would you rather it be skating? It's funny.
1: <laughs> Was that? No. <laughs> no, I mean, obviously that's a, a nice thing. No, but yeah. in particular, what they said there about um, th- our take on the OCR scene, something that I've been, that I actually meant to kind of talk about while we were at Worlds because we were around a lot of the other podcasters there. We got to hang out with Mike and Caitlin yeah. and we saw Matt and and Scott and Heather and Jacob and it was really cool and I know I said it at one point said it to somebody uh that we just kind of we're we're friends with these people now because we kind of just interjected ourselves into the OCR scene right like it's it's kind of funny we wouldn't be friends like this if we had not taken the steps we did to do this right. and reach out to those people and and of course it's not like you know just because we both podcast those people are cool too like they are cool people and we became good friends look with them like obviously some more than others but um it, it's it's just something that I, it's kind of funny to think about
2: well I think it's a new aspect of of the OCR scene because you know you meet a lot of people and if you go to a lot of the same races that a lot of the other people do and you start seeing you know the same faces at different races and everything. And you start to get to know those people that's, you know, getting to know other racers and everything. But then like, this was a whole other aspect of the OCR scene and like getting to know people that, um, that have their own, um, opinions and takes and perspectives of racing and everything else. So it's, yeah, that's just been cool.
1: Yeah. And and everybody, you know, everybody's got their, their opinions about things and, in Facebook, you might be in a group, but overall it's easy for those things to get lost in the crowd, but this is a way to, to really make it stand out. In uh, Discord is a good place to kind of get your your opinions out there too because the people that are in there are very vocal about their opinions. so if you say something that they resonate with, then it really picks up and gains traction. But yeah, it's kind of funny how like like Mike and Caitlin, we talked to them, you know, almost on a daily basis and we wouldn't have that friendship. I don't think if we had not taken the step to, to go on this venture, it's just uh, just kind of funny how life works.
2: Yeah. And just, um, like I remember whenever we first started all this and you would reach out to them for, for advice on, you know, different platforms or, you know, whatever audio editing equipment or, you know, something like that. And just, yeah. Mm -hmm. Getting to know people in different ways.
1: Yep. Well, to, you know, what this has, has brought us to is, is not only do we get to give our opinions, but we also have created a way for us to give back a little bit. So we've got our giveaways, and what's really cool is that not only do we have our give- giveaway from the, the, the hoodie winner for who guessed uh, the number, the, who closest guessed the number of puzzle pieces <laughs> that were out for the, the uh, WTM map. <laughs> Uh, we've got a winner for that, but we've also got enough dough at the moment to um, to give us something else away. So what I decided to do is that we're going to take everybody who's entered before in any form or fashion is getting input into a new giveaway. And the new giveaway is just going to simply be pick one thing from the website, whatever, you know, from our, our store, whatever it is you want, uh, you get it. I don't think they have anything over 30 or $40 on there. So cool. Uh, But you get to take your pick. So we'll we'll, uh, real quick announce who won the other one.
2: The puzzle pieces. And
1: then we'll do the the wheel for the new one. (laughs) The hoodie winner with... uh, So the guess is the... the, What was it? The the, The
2: number of puzzle pieces that were... Shoot.
1: Yeah, the number (laughs) of puzzle pieces. You had to guess how many puzzle pieces there was going to be. And then once they started releasing the pieces, that's when I cut it off. I I don't think we actually had any entries after that anyway and we'll talk about that whole puzzle situation in a moment cause that was pretty interesting in itself i stand by my but, theory
2: by the way <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: uh we had we had several people guess like 12 15 uh 13 all these kind of low numbers and then it ended up being i think 35 pieces. Yeah. like it, it was something like that like it was, i couldn't it keep was, up yeah um, <laughs> i really couldn't keep up seven rows of Seven rows of five pieces, I think yeah. it was. So one person guessed 20. That was the highest number. So they <laughs> they get the win. And it is Charlotte Engelman.
2: <laughs> da, da, da. She's Ooh. won our, our giveaway before.
1: <laughs> she has. She, she wins again. Uh, wins a hoodie. So I'll send Charlotte, I'll send her the options for the hoodies. And she can pick a woman's cut if she likes or the nice... Fleece lined one or whichever whichever one she Fancy. wants.
2: see. yeah.
1: So now for the the other giveaway, we've got twenty three people I think who have uh, twenty three people who have entered into our contest uh, across all the different giveaway contests that we've had
2: cumulatively.
1: Yep. So if you've ever entered before, then you are entered into this one. And I've got a, a spinny wheel and. Uh, We're going to go ahead and spin that, and I know you can't hear it when I spin it, can
0: you? (laughs)
2: No. I I pretend like I hear it in my mind.
1: (laughs) Okay. Let me see if I can... Here we go. I'm going to spin it right now, and maybe it'll pick up. I don't know. Here it comes. It is Chelsea Runs. Did she win something before, too?
2: remember. I don't
1: know. Too many giveaways. Too many. Chelsea, congratulations. Charlotte, Congratulations. You two are our winners, your big winners, the big wieners, (laughs) Chelsea, I'll reach out to and uh, just give her a link to the website and say, hey, free for all, pick one, whatever you want. (laughs) So that's fun. For those that have not won, our numbers for giveaways are still low. So don't give up. Don't give up hope.
2: (laughs) And you might be entered into a super special giveaway like we just did.
1: Yeah, we might have to do, next time we have extra like this, we'll do one for only people who have not won anything at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I honestly can't remember if Chelsea has or not. Do you remember? I know Sophia has, Bartley has, Charlotte has, Mike won.
2: Yeah, Mike won.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't remember the rest of them. Well, that's cool, though. All right. Yeah. Moving on, unless you got anything, anything prior. Oh, uh, I guess I'd like to say before we get into Worlds is just what's, you know, we, it has been a couple of weeks. What have you been doing since then? Have you started running at all? Any? <laughs> no. I, I know you've been playing in the snow.
2: Yeah, I've been playing in the snow plenty. And like, I'm sure as you can tell, I don't know, I've been fighting off like the post Worlds crud. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. think I've had that, to be honest. You know, and I didn't I didn't have it last year, but it was like as soon as I got home, um, I just started with, like, this really nasty, gross cough. And like, I have a really awesome voice right now. <laughs> mm.
1: Well, the, the few days after, you know, after we got home, I know, you know, we went to bed pretty early for a few nights in a row. Yeah. Like it was. Oh, yeah. It was. We were very drained and very noticeably tired from it all. Definitely,
2: yeah. And I was such a germaphobe, like leaning up to the race that, like, even even whenever we were in the airport and we were um, on the train to get to the terminal and everything, like, I wouldn't touch anything with my hands, like all the, <laughs> <laughs> and like I was that person, short of wearing the wearing the mask. <laughs> <laughs> Which there was a couple people on the plane that were actually wearing masks, and I thought they were crazy. But now I'm like... Well, they were
1: probably wearing them from you, because you're the one who (laughs) have been rolling around in the mud.
2: exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) 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 So, that's what I've been doing this week. And I just, and I could tell that I was getting sick, because, like, not only was I just really super tired from lack of sleep, but whenever... I don't get sick very often, but whenever I do, it's like all I want to do is sleep. And I was Mm -hmm. like, "Oh man, I'm coming down with something. I can I can just feel it now."
1: (laughs) Well, what have you done recovery wise besides sleep? Anything particular?
2: No, just lots of sleep, lots of rehydration.
1: (laughs) Did you? I didn't go crazy, huh? Your gun? Oh
2: yes, I did. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah, I did. My little my. 150 dollar amazon special
1: (laughs) yeah so you've got a one of those massage guns and i I got to see it at at the uh, airbnb after worlds and it really it really blew me away at how how good it massaged those muscles like right i I used it on my hip which was killing me yeah and it uh man it really made it feel good
2: yeah it and like For the longest time, I totally resisted buying one because I'm like, I could just like buy a cheap $10 foam roller and like do the same thing. And whenever I used it, I can't remember. I think I was at, um, I was at the gym whenever the trainer used it on me, just on just this really nagging part. I'm like, oh, gotta get one, (laughs) but not the $700 one,
1: (laughs) (laughs) but but really, how how easy it was! Like yeah. I I get I get bored and tired using a, a roller, right? And it's it's work. And using that thing really just simplified the process, right? It really was awesome, so good.
2: It's like probably the best thing I've I've bought as far as rec- recovery.
1: <laughs> I haven't gotten one yet, but it's on my Christmas list. Nice.
2: <laughs> Maybe Santa <laughs> April will get you one. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, I've actually uh, continued. I think the week after, I don't remember if I went. I feel like I went climbing that week. Yeah. And then I waited till Friday before I ran any, and just did a, a easy three miles, and uh, and and kind of just got back to normal after that. Like I had, a I took the the weekend off, and and but this week I, I went. Well, last week, this week, Shoot, I haven't <laughs> lost track of it all. Yeah, uh, I haven't been running. I didn't run on the weekend, but I did run. Yeah, I ran twice this this week. I really can't remember. Um, (laughs) But no, I've I've just kind of gotten back into it fairly, fairly normally. um, And actually starting to think about uh, next year and training plan for next year. And that's really, you know, I think I should just save that for when we get into talking about the the events and stuff, because it really uh, was different. It was a different event for me this year than it was last year, for sure. Yeah. So first off. Looking at the notes I got here, I've got some very specific things. (laughs) So the, the, you know, the event overall was awesome. I thought it was fantastic. And their, their attention to doing things to not only change it up, but make it fun and enjoyable for everybody across the board uh, was, was really cool. Now, that doesn't mean that they did everything perfect, but it overall, it was fantastic. And I'm, I'm ready for next year already.
2: (laughs) Which was a different sentiment than immediately after the race.
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, you know, previous times, it it takes a minute for it to sink in. And I've heard other people say it, too. Like, don't ask me now. Ask me a week after the after the event's over before it'll hit me. Yeah, it kind of hit me like really right away. Again, uh, I'm kind of jumping ahead here. (laughs) The mid lap quick pit party. Coach's Corner is what everybody's calling it was really cool. I, I I dug that so much like it was so much fun seeing it from a distance and knowing, you know, you've got that to look forward to. And then the whole how they started out where you did you just went back past it mm-hmm. and, you know, he was still playing music and stuff. But once it got a little darker, they opened up those those containers and then you ran through the shipping containers and it was foggy and dark and lights were strobing and the music was blaring. That was really, really neat. Would you? What'd yeah,
2: you I loved it. That was probably one of the best things out on course to have this year. Because, <laughs> you know, you know there's, um, there's always those points in the middle of the night when you're just like exhausted and just over it, <laughs> really. And you're just <laughs> like, okay, I'm over this. Let's just get this lap over with so I can get to the pit area. But, Yeah the energy coming from that that point in the course was like such a breath of fresh air and it was I felt like on some laps it was a game changer because Hmm. I was like I don't like this I hate this so much (laughs) and then you you roll up onto coach's corner and then your whole demeanor changes and you start having fun again and you just like run (laughs) right on through even if you have to like even if you had to like fake it (laughs) you know like make it look like you were having fun because there was other Mm -hmm. people's pit pit crew standing there but yeah yeah, i'm dying but i'm gonna throw my arms up and show coach that
1: i'm into this
2: did i (laughs) uh, and i hope i wasn't the only person that thought this but whenever i saw the chains hanging down (laughs) hanging down from the from the containers i was like i don't know if those are electrocuted or not
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think I thought about that at one point, but I definitely <laughs> looked for carabiners on them every single time I went there. Oh,
2: through. yeah, for sure, for sure. I
1: never found any, but no. I was like, I know they've got to be putting them on here. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> no, I, I really enjoyed that part of the course.
1: Yeah, it was interesting to me that in, I feel like in, in the past, even at toughest, I I lose sense of where is the halfway point of the course. Right. And with, with that being there, it was, you know, obviously you, there's no way to lose track of it. And so it really made it like, oh, I'm I'm halfway done with the lap and then I've got this much more to go. Like it really solidified uh, not losing myself and losing my confidence during the lap.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was super fun to roll up on. Just even just like hearing the bass in the distance as you walked away.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm sure you heard the the music that he was playing with with Sean Corville mixed in. Do you remember that?
2: No, I don't know I do not remember that part.
1: Okay. It was it was kinda <laughs> deep I'm, in the night. I'm,
2: I, yeah, I might have heard it, but <laughs>
1: <laughs> And it was like Sean Corvell's uh speech, you know, from like saying stuff like um I don't uh I don't whine, kids whine. Oh yeah, I did
2: hear that. <laughs> you did? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so make sure, you know, I'm sure you will, but make sure you and everybody else listening, make sure you go listen to Mike Stefano's uh, and Caitlin's obstacle running adventures episode where they have the, the brunch. So after you skip past the, the actual brunch ceremony and they do interviews and they, they interview coach T mud and he talks about what, how he did it. uh, Like what was his process and what music he played when really cool to hear his perspective on that whole situation because He actually brought more thought to it than just simply I'm playing music for 24 hours. Like he really kind of made it pretty interesting. So I'll I'll leave it to that to, to go listen to it, to hear what he said. But it was really neat to hear where he was coming from and the fact that he had Stephanie Bishop there like he had his own support crew for his 24 hours, that's really cool.
2: which that's what you can't really <laughs> expect anything less from him. Right. Like, of course, he would have a whole plan of what kind of music to play when and, you know, all that, because, I mean, of course, he's not going to just be up there playing music. That would just be too easy. Right. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was that was a, a really cool thing. And I know the first I think the first time I went through the container, it was like once you got into the second container, it was pitch black. Like at first it was just thick with smoke, right. but then it was pitch black and you couldn't see anything. So I, I hugged the left side the entire time and put my arm, my hand on the wall to keep track of where I was.
2: I just did the whole, like, I don't know if you... sticking my arms out in front of me, <laughs> just <laughs> feeling my way through the dark. Just like, I'm like, okay, just keep moving forward. At least I know I'm moving forward. <laughs>
1: Well, I don't know if you noticed, but on the right side, if you stuck to the right wall, which I tried once, that's where all the strobes and the speakers were. Mm-hmm. So if you went that way, you kind of ran into all that <laughs> stuff. So the left side was the way to go. But yeah, man, that was fun. The The water temperatures were so cold this year. Really I, cold. I felt like they were colder than last year.
2: I, I, f- I felt like that too. The air temperature wasn't bad. The outside temperature wasn't bad at all. But right, the water the temperature, temperature I, super I never super cold.
1: Yeah, I never heard any official like, what did the t- temperature get down to. But, you know, uh, weather channel-wise, it was saying, what, 39? Something like maybe that, 38? Yeah.
0: It
2: had to be, like, high 30s.
1: Like 10 degrees higher than last Definitely. year, which was amazing.
2: But I don't know why the water temperature...
1: Yes, the weather that they had leading up to the event got really cold, so that water temperature was a lot colder than it was last year. I mean, it had to be, because when we started, you know, you you start with light clothes because you're not getting in water yet. Right. That second lap, when they opened up Devil's Taint, uh, Kiss of Mud, and I know cage crawl was open too Mm -hmm. and my god cage crawl water about froze my head off it
2: was so cold it was like getting a brain freeze without intaking Mm -hmm. any cold fluids because all the cold fluid was around your head it was so cold Mm -hmm. i remember going through cage crawl the first time and like standing up and my head was so cold and like i felt like super super dizzy. I was like, whoa, this is the weirdest feeling <laughs> I've ever experienced. And I'm like, okay, just keep running. Just keep going. Keep moving. You gotta get warm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I I'm trying to remember exactly what I did after that, but I know I went in and, and at least said, I want my hood. You yeah, know, my, my cap. Not my hood, my yeah. cap, my neoprene cap. And I really can't remember if I put on my shorty then or I did one more lap. I think I may have done one more lap um, without it. But for sure, after that, I put the, the shorty wetsuit on because, man, no matter where you got in the water, it, it was cold. it was dang cold and cage crawl. It just wasn't yeah, worth Yeah, and
2: then that water in King of Swingers was like, oh my gosh, like jumping into an ice-cold pit.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I had my hands out of my leg mitts to, you know, grab the bar. So when I fell into the water, my hands were exposed. And yeah, they were getting cold very fast and at one point I pulled my leg mints back on right as I fell in and tried swimming with them and honestly they didn't swim well so I I actually (laughs) had to pull my hands out to swim better yeah
2: Yeah, no the leg didn't don't don't work like paddles
1: (laughs) (laughs) even though they look like like paddles but Uh.
2: no they don't work like (laughs) paddles Yeah, my first yeah, lap. Yeah,
1: temperature-wise.
2: Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say my my first lap, I got hot with the Under Armour gear on. And I shed a layer. I shed just my top layer and just ran in my sports bra mm-hmm. and my tights the second lap. And then I didn't realize the second lap, we were already going through some of the water obstacles. So whenever I came back in for my third, I was like, okay, I need something. <laughs> so I just I just grabbed my, my windbreaker and I put my windbreaker on oh. after my third lap. But then it was it was uh, it was after my third lap that I got into all my cold weather stuff.
1: Hm. Mm. Hey, have you heard about Anchor? You probably haven't heard about Anchor yet, so let me tell you about it. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. You probably hear other people talk about how they make podcasts. If they say it's easy, they're crazy. All of their methods are really hard and complicated, but anchor, super simple. First off, it's free. They have creation tools that let you make the podcast right from your phone. You don't even need a computer. This is 2019. Who uses computers anymore? Anchor distributes your podcast on all the other platforms. No need to go do all that complicated searching and hosting and posting. Hosting and posting. They do it for you. You can also make money from your podcast. Well, I mean, that's what I'm doing right now because you're listening to his ad. They've got everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. No need to search around all over the place. No need to go to twenty different sites, just one. Download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Bet you thought I was gonna sing right here, didn't you? Yeah. Um Uh yeah, the the temperatures in general. I got into my um when it was time to get into my long my full wetsuit. It was it was a little too much. Like Mm -hmm. when I was out running, I was getting kind of hot and whenever I would get into the water, I would have to let some water, like purposely let water in to cool me down uh, because I was getting too warm. I actually started, you know, people talk about what wetsuits to wear and I feel like I really have gained more knowledge off of this to know from this temperature to this temperature is my full wetsuit because my full is a 5'4", so it's nice and thick, but I also can run with it with uh, some some fleece line thermals. And that's what I started with, because I was like, I'm going to put this on now and I'm not taking it off till the, you know, till it's over. Um, but I en- ended up taking off the top layer of my base compression because I was getting too hot. And even then it helped, but I was still getting a little too warm and I would have liked to have taken my legs uh, compression off, but getting in and out of the wetsuit would have taken too much time. So I just dealt with yeah. that. But I also wore uh, wet uh, neoprene socks, which I (laughs) hear, like, did you wear neoprene socks? (laughs) No. I don't think Mike did either. And listening to his pit uh, interviews, you could hear him talking about how his feet were cold. My feet never got cold until I came in for my right before my last lap, took off my neoprene socks. And while I was in the pit, my feet started freezing. Like, that's how big of a difference those neoprene socks made.
2: I just kept changing my wool socks, <laughs> which I've now purchased a pair of neoprene socks.
1: <laughs> oh, well, good for you.
2: <laughs> See, I learned lessons.
1: <laughs> Did you have two pair of socks on or just...
2: No, just the wool socks, the which, I mean... Surprisingly, my Colombian ones did really, really well, and um, it was. It, I can't remember exactly which kind of Columbia ones they are. I think they're like for trail, whatever hiking,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and um, that first pair did really, really well. That I didn't really feel like I needed to change them for like maybe another couple laps after I changed into those, um, because I f- I had already planned on like after my third lap. Um, would probably be around the time that the sun was going to start setting and most of the obstacles would be open and I would be having to go in and out of more and more water. So I already planned on, well, if I'm going to be changing my socks and shoes, um, I'll just go ahead and get into my, my wetsuit after my third lap. So yeah, I'm pretty happy with that decision.
1: Yeah. When you take your shoes off for whatever reason, it is tough. It's a tough decision because it takes time yeah but yeah if uh if you're prone to like even christopher mendoza says that he got frostbite last year and even this year like his toes got got a little numb it's like what, what are these how are these pros running and
2: not without neoprene care socks. of their feet
1: i'm over here with uh a 5'4 and, uh, neoprene socks like I feel nice and cozy, to be honest. I'm, I'm honestly a little too hot. <laughs> <laughs> but really, uh, it, you know, for those that, that struggle with the cold in, in the middle of the night, if you don't have a full hood, that's another thing. Like, neoprene socks and a full hood are lifesavers, because that full hood keeps the water and air from getting on your neck. And mm-hmm. I know for me personally, that's one place where, like, if I have cold air on my neck, that's what... Uh, Just makes me feel uncomfortable in general.
2: Yeah, totally. So the, the catastrophe that happened during my seventh lap. (laughs) (laughs) So I was totally comfortable. I was so happy with my new wetsuit. It was like, it was a five, four like yours and it fit me very well. And all I was wearing underneath was compression shorts and my sports bra. And I was Hmm. super comfortable. Um, as far as warmth goes. And, um, and so <laughs> my seventh lap, my headlamp started dying. So whenever I came in, um, or no, this was at the start of my seventh lap. Um, after my sixth lap, my headlamp was dying. So I needed to change headlamps. But then the flasher on the back of the headlamp that was zip tied to it wasn't working. So we mm-hmm. had to cut that one off and get a new flasher, but I didn't have any zip ties to resecure oh, yeah. it to my headlamp and Lauren was trying to get me changed real quick and everything like that. Um get yeah, get my headlamp changed and my socks changed and everything. So um we I got a I got a new headlamp and I had another a spare flasher and he just decided to tie it to my zipper on my wetsuit and I didn't know that's where he was tying
0: it, so
2: so he figured he was doing good, because, like, there's this really long, you know, zipper pull, and he figured he was doing good, so, (laughs) so, you know, as soon as I go through Devil's Tate on my seventh (laughs) lap, I get caught in the net, and I'm like, I'm, like, cursing. I'm, like, what? (laughs) Dropping F-bombs everywhere. And, luckily, these guys helped me get untangled. Well, in the process of getting untangled from the net, I hate devil's taint, by the way. (laughs) I hate it so much. I hate you, Carl Fiscatello. Anyway, (laughs) um, it pulled my zipper down. And I guess, like yeah it just it was just down far enough to where like if you were running behind me, you really couldn't tell. That my wetsuit was unzipped. And so I I ran my whole seventh lap, jumped into King of Swingers, did all the water obstacle, and without whenever realizing. without realizing that my wetsuit was partially unzipped. Oh my goodness. And so and so that's why I was so pissed off whenever I came in after my seventh lap. I think you were like, is that a sad face, Anna? And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> so, So it wasn't until after cage crawl, I get out of the water. I'm like, why am I all of a sudden so freaking cold? And I was, and then I was walking along and I just happened to look down and I thought it was my bib tie that was hitting my leg, but it's my zipper from the (laughs) wetsuit. And I'm like, mother, oh my God. So I pulled up my, my, my zipper in, to close my wetsuit. But of course, you know, by that time it's too late because I've already yeah. taken on half the water off the course <laughs> into my wetsuit. And it's just doing nothing but like freezing against me inside my wetsuit because my body temperature, I'm sure at that point, pushing myself at that time of night, like yeah. my body temperature was not self-regulating at all. <laughs> so, so I just had this freezing layer of cold water sitting in my wetsuit. And my freaking flasher on the zipper got caught again on Mudderhorn. And I'm like, I'm so done with this <laughs> stupid thing. <laughs> and so whenever I went in, I was like, I am so cold right now. Like, I don't know. And I'm so pissed off. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to get out there again. And, yeah, that's why I was so pissed off oh, after man. my seventh lap. Because I had basically, you know, removed half the cold water for from yeah. the course for y'all. <laughs> Man,
1: yeah, getting cold, I mean, it plays it's it's terrible. Like the best thing you can do is keep yourself warm as best you can.
2: Yeah, it was just And the fact so... that you
1: ran not knowing <laughs> and you just like did did you think that just the temperature was dropping drastically or
2: Yeah. <laughs> I really did. I really thought that like my body was just getting tired and I was just getting <laughs> cold. But then whenever it was it was after I got out of cage crawl that I was like, son of a biscuit eaters, seriously like dang it (laughs) and i'm like this sucks (laughs) this really really sucks and you know i think at that time it was like what two three o'clock in the morning or something (laughs) and i was like i'm so done with this i'm done no more (laughs) and then um yeah, I, I can't remember what I did. I think I had got some like warm food in me. I wrapped myself up in a space blanket and my dry robe and I like laid down for a second because I was like I was like, I can't I can't do this. You know, I'm not on pace <laughs> anymore. And like I'm saying all this like negative shit in my mind and I'm like getting so pissed off at myself that I'm letting it get to me this bad. But yeah. I also you know, acknowledge that I'm tired and <laughs> I've pushed a little bit you know, I pushed a little harder than I have and probably haven't been training as much for the event <laughs> as I should have. Um, but then there was a an a point where I was like, screw this and I'd come out of the tent, i <laughs> throw off the dry robe, get my shoes back on I was like, Lauren, where's my black mitts? So I slapped my black mitts back on and I just took <laughs> off. I was like, I'm getting one more lap. If that, <laughs> I'm getting one more lap if it kills me. You might have to drag me off the middle of the course, but I'm getting one more lap. <laughs>
1: uh, did you fix your flasher or was it morning by then?
2: It was, it was um, getting to be morning by then. Get, so like the, had, the sun to... was just about to come up. Yeah.
1: Okay, so you didn't need the flasher for that. that
2: yeah, time. I really didn't need my headlamp or the flasher <laughs> at that
1: point. <laughs> well, for for those who are curious, you know, what do you do with a flasher? Um, some people do put them on their bibs, and I, I, I feel like that would get caught on stuff way too easily. Yeah. I always put it on my the back band of my head, headlamp, but when you go through an obstacle like Devil's Taint, you pull it around your neck so that it's not, you know, getting caught on every single little thing right devil's taint uh cage crawl mutterhorn anything with a net or something that's going to catch your headlamp just pull it down around your neck or um even more important when you're going off of like king of swingers or if there is a a big jump off of something uh, like in the past you put it you take it off your head you don't put it around your neck because then it'll fly up and slap you in the face (laughs) Well, slap you in the face, you know, (laughs) headlamp hitting you in the face would be no good. Uh, Instead, you just loop it around your arm, like put it on your shoulder like a, like a satchel almost. Yeah. So there are definitely ways to deal with them, uh, to keep them from, from catching on all that stuff. There was so
2: many little orphan flashers in King of Swingers and, uh, Devil's (laughs) Taint. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so that was my frustration for the, for the race, but you know.
1: Speaking of obstacles, it was this race really blew me away because before the race started, you know, the the map came out and we can talk about that for a second. Now that we're here, the map, the map was supposed to be every year previously. The map comes out and it's like puzzle pieces and they have challenges, you know, show me X number of videos of pushups and we'll do, you know, give you a puzzle piece. This year, it seemed like they were trying to do something different. Your your CEO, in turn, was trying something different. Uh, a puzzle that maybe wasn't just puzzle pieces. Maybe there was more to it. We don't really know for sure exactly what they were thinking <laughs> because it never came to fruition. It Whatever really it is that on. they said <laughs> they put out into the wild, nobody
2: Yeah, there found. was like a word search at one point.
1: Right, that's know. about the only thing I saw. But nobody even knew what did that mean. What? What? Yeah. what? <laughs> so, um, so eventually, like what, three days before the event, they finally said, "Fine, here's the puzzle. Go ahead and do y'all <laughs> the thing y'all did in the past, um, because we're all too stupid to figure out whatever we're all genius idea about they had."
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so the the puzzle came out and started showing the map, and of course we're studying it and whatnot, and. Looking at where things are compared to last year and stuff. And um I actually did some some photoshopping of like overlaying the puzzle pieces onto older maps. And because the map ended up getting leaked on accident, Oops. which I think we talked about we already yeah. talked about that last episode. At our um, little round we table. The table. Don't know yeah, who that's right. put they it were, out they there. They were taking don't... down my puzzles. What's that?
2: I said I don't know who put it out there. I mean No,
1: nah, we won't we won't mention <laughs> We won't say any names, but uh, yeah, so that was a whole funny ordeal in itself. But uh, once the map came out, looking at the map, just by the obstacle names as we know them, it looked like a darn easy course. You had uh, King of Swingers, which, you know, isn't hard hitting the bell, depending on how they put it. Yes, it is hard, but overall, it's not a crazy hard obstacle. Funky Monkey is a hard one. The Gauntlet is hard but they took off the hardest part just yeah. the tip so it was only three three pieces so it wasn't even really that hard and besides that you had basically all these obstacles that are um mandatory completion type obstacles like you know spread eagle and kiss of mud and mud mile and all this stuff like just get through kind of stuff mm-hmm. you know augustus gloop uh was uh is i mean even that one's not hard in, in its normal form yeah yeah But they took all of this stuff and basically made what, there's what, 20 20 obstacles on the course? Yeah,
2: 21 obstacles. Everything was leveled up.
1: (laughs) Nine. Almost half of the obstacles were a leveled up version. So it's not like they just had level up lanes like they did last year or at some of the toughest, I'd say. They literally were harder versions. And I wouldn't even say just like level up versions. Like, for example, uh, Devil's Beard turned into Devil's taint. So you've got, instead of just a, uh, excuse me, instead of just a cargo net on the ground, you had a mud pit to go through, a water <laughs> pit to go through. And then on the back end, they put big tarp over the top of it too. So yeah. it was even heavier than it would have been.
2: Especially after it collected all that condensation and water. <laughs> hmm It was so heavy to go and through. And the
1: mud that was right there. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs>
2: That was so terrible.
1: Kiss of mud, which is a fairly simple obstacle. You just crawl through the thing. Yeah. Usually is tall enough for me to crawl on my hands and knees. Mm-hmm. And this one was so low. You had
2: to belly that crawl. That you couldn't. Yeah.
1: Like you, you really had to belly crawl or roll or. Um,
2: you could. There wasn't, that, there wasn't even that. There wasn't even room enough to roll for me. And usually I can like I can roll. I, w- through stuff I was sometimes.
1: able to roll some. And honestly, when you got to the middle, there was a, a, a cross bracing on the middle, and yeah. I was towards the end when I was so dead tired, I would grab it and like drag pull and myself,
2: <laughs> drag yourself across and, like, the obstacle,
1: and then yeah, and then put my foot on it and push away from it to get you know further into the obstacle. Yeah. So yeah, even that one was so much just yeah. more taxing. Yeah. It's not like you couldn't get through it; it was just more taxing every single time.
0: Yeah. Uh, Pyramid they had, scheme. They yeah. took
1: off that piece of wood on the bottom, which sucks when you fall and slide into that piece of wood. That is the right. worst.
2: But they replaced but as
1: far as <laughs> the
2: piece of wood with vegetable oil <laughs> on all yeah, the ropes. So not
1: only did you have to get up to the ropes so the ropes weren't reachable from in the mud pit. So you had to get help to get up there. Mm-hmm. And then once you got up there, uh, you know, we everybody did that chain thing where you yeah. grab the next person's hand, yeah. pull them up to get to the rope and then you head on up. <laughs> spread eagle. Spread eagle usually has a ton of straps and you can just do whatever the heck you want to get across it. Right. But this time it was so far apart that people were doing like uh like polecat style. Yeah. Um
2: See, that and, didn't work and, for me cuz the straps moved on the poles.
1: Yeah. Right.
2: I always just like frogged it across.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. I actually went hands and knees like yeah. hands on one strap and knees on the other. Oh. And I found that if if I uh, put my weight over my hips. Uh-huh. Um, I could really just use my hand, the hand strap to just balance myself. Kind of like kinda... how
2: you get over bu- Gut Buster on uh, the gauntlet. Y-
1: yeah, but I'm on my knees yeah. instead, of, instead of, you your... know, like stretched yeah. out like some people were doing. Some people were going hands and feet. Yeah, And it was pushing those straps really far away. Yeah, Berlin Walls had the Irish uh, the, the Irish table
2: on top. On all the walls, yeah.
1: <laughs> yep, on all of them. There's no option there. And... While that was, uh, you know, normally like I've got good upper body strength. So it was like first several times was pretty easy. But Mm -hmm. by the end of the event, I thought I was going to die trying to get over that thing. (laughs) I had I had my um, I had my this is like after the sun came up and I took a I took the shortcut to skip Everest, which still sends you up that dang hill (laughs) to go to the Berlin Walls. So I I had my um, I had my rain jacket on my my windbreaker my yeah my rain jacket on and i had wrapped it around me cuz it was getting hot mm-hmm. and i had my hood my wetsuit hood tucked into the pocket and when i got up to the wall like my hips my, not my hips my my chest over the wall that pocket was getting stuck oh. on the lip of the wall and i had people shoving me like trying to push me over and i <laughs> and i couldn't get over and i was like oh no i'm gonna fall off this thing and die <laughs> And my grip was going and I was just getting tired. <laughs> Man, that was like, I've never had an issue with that, that obstacle until that happened. It was just like, well, now I know not to put foreign objects in front of my body when I'm trying to get up it. <laughs> but obviously, that one's a big drain for a, a, a lot of people. And doing that all night, like, it's not like it got leveled up throughout the night. No, it just got. Uh, it was harder. like that the entire time. Yeah.
2: It just got harder because you just became more fatigued. I took, I always took, or yeah. well, almost always, took Electric Avenue <laughs> to bypass it. And I think I... Well,
1: Electric Avenue yeah. was definitely quicker. I actually <laughs> got to all that with Mike Stefano. And then yeah. he got through it all before I did because I went to Everest at one point. And then after that, I always took the Electric Avenue because I... You know, He told me, oh, you can go this way, you can go this way, and you don't really get shocked. So I uh, did a pretty good job of getting through there without getting shocked until operation. I was on operation <laughs> and saw a carabiner. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm getting that damn carabiner.
2: Stupid <laughs> carabiner. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the carabiners were just small enough that they were really hard to get off of that nail yeah. or whatever that is so they got back there. Yeah. So, yeah, I got shocked uh, quite a few times Yeah, trying to get that thing, but I got it.
2: Yeah, I think I, I still have PTSD from that stupid <laughs> thing because I've never had an issue with operation. Even if I even if I would get zapped, I didn't feel like it was a big enough zap to like, I don't know, send me to the psych hospital.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, well, why did it give you such trouble this time?
2: I, I don't know. I got through it twice before then like the third time I went, I don't know why I was getting zapped so much, but, and I don't know if, if it was ever on Mud Run Guide because I one time I saw like Margaret Schlachter come through and I can't remember if it was a mm. time I was there and I was getting so frustrated that like I tossed the pole after I got zapped because I didn't want the, the pole <laughs> to get stuck in the hole you know so like mm-hmm. after I got zapped I like sent it back so that it, w- it would come out of the hole and I just go mother ever <laughs> as I was getting zapped and trying to pull the pole out of the, out of the hole and everything and I was like oh man
1: oh you got zapped trying to like pull it out too
2: yeah yeah and so um <laughs> yeah but well, you, all the f- you had to get a
1: band to get out of there right <laughs> right
2: <laughs> so, so i had to th- i had th- to keep th- trying i just had to oh. like steal myself and just <laughs> you know
1: wait so why why did you have trouble like why did you start getting shocked in the first place when you'd never had an issue before
2: i th- i think i was just getting tired like getting fatigue cuz yeah, yeah. cuz it was the third time that I had gone through there and I was just like oh. <laughs> you know
1: how do you how do you do it like what is your technique
2: um so I held the pole and then like I walked it in and then until I really couldn't walk it in anymore and I had to like thread the pole through the through the hole and then mm-hmm. once I get the band um I kind of start walking it out even if I have to like step out of the water and then like start pulling the pole out. I found for me that that's what works for me just because like, mm. especially whenever my arms start getting tired or, you know, I'm just tired. <laughs> um, sometimes my okay. my accuracy <laughs> and like my five well, motor yeah. skills don't work as, as much, right. <laughs>
0: you know?
1: Well, that's kind of the problem with the the technique that you're talking about is you're talking about holding the end of the pole far away from the hole in your hands and and i feel like you know when you get on one side of the pole there's just a lot of movement that can right so what i do is i get as close to the hole as possible like my hand my left hand sits literally an inch or two away from the hole Mm -hmm. and i i brace my elbow against my body Mm -hmm. to hold my hand up And then I pick up the pole and then slowly like that left hand doesn't move. The only thing it does is grabs the pole whenever I'm moving my right hand to slide back and grab, you know, pull more pole into the hole. And so I'm slowly just using my right hand to move it and keep it. But my left hand is keeping it steady Right. right by the hole. So I'm literally watching the edge of the hole the entire time until I hit the back of that wall. To make sure I'm not touching the edges. Right. And then that's when I start looking down the hole to actually see, you know, I got to get the stupid thing off the hook. <laughs> um, but still, when I pull it out, I slowly pull out and my left hand stays perfectly still. So using that technique, I've never had that issue. It's it's really whenever I'm trying to fiddle with the, the, the band or the carabiner. Yeah. And that's when I'm, because I'm focusing down the hole, I'm focusing on that back wall right. instead of actually on the hole itself. Yeah. But I see a lot of people doing a lot of different uh,
0: techniques. Yeah.
2: Well, that, that, that third time that I kept failing on Operation 2 was on, like, my lap of shame, too. <laughs>
1: so... <laughs> Were you cold at the time? Yeah,
2: so I was probably shivering at the time, and I just... <laughs> <laughs> well, that Freaking definitely
1: makes
0: zipper.
2: sense.
1: <laughs> um, Black Widow had... It wasn't, it wasn't black. They called it pink widow. I think (laughs) it wasn't, it wasn't just straps all over the place. Instead, it was one low and one high and that's it.
2: Not very short people friendly at all.
1: (laughs) Yeah. How, so you said that you threw your bib Mm -hmm. over. Was that early on? Like second lap, third Uh, lap?
2: I can't remember. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was something like that because, um. I was joking around with a volunteer and it was whenever like they had the uniformed volunteers out there and you know, he was hyping me up and I'm like, I can't just use like those two short straps. <laughs> I was like, come on, man. I'm like, I'm like five, one <laughs> cut me a break here. <laughs> I can barely. And not only that, but like the slack line, I was like holding it on, holding on to it with like my fingertips the first time I went through and it, like mm-hmm. it, I had like these little, almost like little paper cuts in my fingertips mm-hmm. from the first time I went yeah, through. Yeah, the
1: edge of that stretch. Yeah,
2: so I was like, man, I can't, I can't see myself doing that again. Like, I, that's just not fair. <laughs> and um, mm-hmm. there really wasn't. Whenever I came up to it, there wasn't enough people to like. To, to where I could like just jump on after somebody else jumped on, you know, like I saw a lot yeah. of people doing. And the, the volunteer was that, like, yeah, that, I heard that helped out a lot. But yeah, the volunteer was like, get across any way you can. I'm like, is he trying to tell me something? <laughs> 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 is he speaking in code to me? <laughs> <laughs> so I looked at my bib and I was like, hmm. And I just took it off. And I flung it around the top. <laughs> and then as soon as I was about to go across, they started throwing those stupid little rubber duckies in the water. And I noticed that one of the little rubber duckies had a carabiner on it. I'm like, okay, watch this. <laughs> so I I went across and I used my bib. And I was like, at that moment, I was like, this is sheer genius. Like, this is- This is now the easiest obstacle on course. (laughs) And I was just walking across and I get to the little rubber ducky with the carabiner on it. And I'm hanging on with my bit to with one hand to my bib. And I just reached down in the water and plucked that little sucker out of the water. And I just continued right on through. (laughs) And this I can't remember if it was that lap or another lap that had done that. And there was a guy that had struggled to get across too. And whenever he turned around and saw me doing that, he was like, well, what the hell is that? (laughs) (laughs) Because I was just able to walk right across and then take my bib off and just put it, put it right back on. (laughs) I was like,
1: (laughs) yeah, that's pretty awesome. Now, eventually they did lower or loosen the one on the far right. And we're saying this is, this is the one for, uh, vertically challenged people yeah that didn't help me it helped that's the lane i took every time that didn't help
2: me at all (laughs) i felt like i i I tried to because i had heard the same thing that they had loosened that strap and i had tried grabbing onto it and i'm i was still like super stretched out (laughs) Mm. i was like well my bib's been working for (laughs) me so i'll just do that
1: (laughs) augustus gloop had no tubes, but it also had no ladders or steps. It only had a flat wall with, what, like three, maybe three yeah, few, uh, cross yeah, braces? Yeah, a few
2: cleats on it.
1: Yeah, so they were really stretched out. So you really had to use a little bit more upper body on that one than you normally do. Yeah. So that one was harder as well. And it was in a pit, so when you got out of it, you had to climb up. <laughs> Slide a your way hill. up. <laughs> yeah. Cage crawl was... I mean, not only was the water insanely cold, but it had every other section was blacked out with uh, tarp. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was different as well. And Arctic Enema also, it was two containers instead of one. Mm-hmm. So you went under the first wall and then in the second container, they had basically a miniature cage crawl. In, yeah. In
2: they had like a, a fence and a blacked out or a tarp.
1: Yeah. So they, they really did level things up and, and, and change it up. And, and to me, it it made it harder for sure overall. Yeah. Like it was just the course that. was super
2: runnable. It was a pretty decent course. I
1: I, I really enjoyed the course. Yeah. You had that run through the woods. Mm-hmm. So you had a couple of hills there, and then it was like a nice little gradual downhill for a long ways. Mm-hmm. Uh and then you get the and then you get the devil's taint and it ruins. Yeah. <laughs>
2: and then it just um. like <laughs> kills your spirit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Then you had that one hill after Everest um and then after that it was pretty flat and you had a couple of small hills at the at the you know t- on the back side but and then you had the long, one long gradual hill going up the road back to you know back to the, the lumberjack. Yeah. really yeah it I I looking at the map I thought that road was going to be long and boring but it really wasn't bad like yeah. it it wasn't It really wasn't crazy long um, but overall... It, and
2: it had a super cool sunrise.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it was just a fun, it was a fun course to run. Uh, it had a few, uh, road sections. Oh, you had the one hill after, um, after the gauntlet as well to get to, mm-hmm. up to, um, to get up to King of Swingers. Yeah. But really overall, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a hard terrain course. It got very muddy, which made a lot of the, the running a lot tougher. Right. But there were still plenty of roads and stuff to, to run on as well. So it, uh, I, I, I like the course a, a lot. And, and the, the challenge of the, the obstacles themselves was, was really enjoyable, too. Like, it was just tough. Um, now, thankfully, you know, while everything was tough, Mud Mile had two more mounds than it normally does. But they were <laughs> nice and shallow. And it, yeah. it was uh, low mounds. And then by the end yeah. of it, you had ruts through almost every single one of them to. to yeah,
2: you could just like walk straight through. Yeah, it was
1: pretty awesome. <laughs> so that was a, a nice break, to be honest, when you when you got to it.
2: Yeah, even even the first time through Mud Mile, when you're always like navigating how bad it's going to be. <laughs> but um, I really didn't have any trouble like getting over the getting over the mounds by myself.
1: Yeah, it was really really a cool course. Um the a lot of people are complaining about the carabiners and how all that happened and
2: the gamification.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I everybody's got their take on it. I I think I really enjoyed how it went because it made the mm-hmm. it made it made things interesting. Like I don't know if I'm going to get one. I know that the guy <laughs> at Waterworks does something funny every time to get one. But <laughs> I might also get one from here or there. You know, like you never knew mm-hmm. for sure. And then also the choosing of what you know where to use your band to what obstacle you skip. Um it it definitely kept things interesting throughout the end of the event. Now I yeah. d- I do think that they kind of went overboard with how they were giving some of those away. Um yeah, I I think some people's complaints about it is it it didn't make it a race for the elites. Now the
2: competitive people,
1: right? Now Trevor Sykos, uh, Christopher Mendoza, Javier, Bad A Javier, and <laughs> you know, Aaron Ross and Millie Boone. Not that she went through the whole event, but um uh what's her Deanna Brass? No. God dang it. Morgan McKay, um, you know, all these women that were out there, all these men and women that are out there competing, those guys still ran 100 miles. I mean, look at their their Stravas. I haven't looked at it, but I'm sure that they still <laughs> ran that distance. It's not like they—like, sure, they did get to skip some things here and there, and while maybe, maybe that did decide the winner, I don't know. But um, did it make a huge difference? I, I don't know. I— I think it, I, I guess the thing that bugs me is a lot of people talk about this. So, like, definitely like this was bad because it was did this for the elites. Well, you don't really know exactly what it did, but we do know that people were handing them out pretty freely um, without having to earn them for any specific way. So that could be fixed. But I, I think an easy thing would be to just say, you know, if you are, are a an elite contender, if they have that qualification again, then you can't. <sighs> you know, you can't use those or whatever. I don't know. Like there's a, there's an easy fix that they'll take care of. And, uh, Kyle has even said that already that, you know, they've heard the feedback and they'll, they'll take care of it and figure it out. But
0: it did
2: add a different, a different take on the race though. And I think, I think even though there was like some negative feedback on that, I I do think like there was, it just added like just a a funner, like unknown aspect (laughs) to the race, you know, like, you don't know if you're going to find one. You don't know what's going to happen when you redeem the mysterious colored rubber duckies. <laughs> oh,
1: oh, perfect. I got two. I got two good examples. One, when I first <laughs> saw the rubber duckies, I filled my pockets because the shorts I had on at, time, at the time, I didn't have neoprene on yet, had pockets. And I put as many I as, as I could in there and I brought every single one of those dang things back and none of them were any good. And they're like, oh, you can only have one. I was like, oh. Uh sorry so i'm like <laughs> emptying out my pocket i was like hang on and i switched to the other pocket and I'm like oh my go ahead and get me all of them just in case one of them's good but no none of them were <laughs> any good
2: i never yeah i never found a colored one i saw some of them i saw some people had them but oh, so I just,
1: you saw what it actually looked like
2: yeah it was just like a little colored dot on the okay. bottom of one of them
1: that's what I figured, and that's what I looked for, but I never did. Was it like a yeah. like a sticker or like a?
2: No, it was just like a sharpie or something. Like a small small dot. No, it was pretty big.
1: Okay, yeah, I don't think I ever saw one.
2: Yeah, it was pretty noticeable.
1: Do you know what anybody got for that?
2: I have no clue.
1: <laughs> I haven't heard anybody say a what you of actually,
2: carabiners. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I haven't heard anybody say what you actually got for turning it in.
2: Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure.
1: Um. Now, also, at Operation, that time that I was sitting there trying to get that carabiner, I would have never done that. I would have just gotten the band and gotten on out, but it really made me go for it and think about doing something (laughs) different different. and changing up what happened to me. And, like, really, (laughs) you know, like, the video that they showed after the, at the brunch, where that girl's in, um... In uh, electroshock therapy, and she's pulling the one off mm-hmm. of it, and you can see her getting hit as she's yanking it, yeah. and it's like just yeah. hitting her over and over. Like oh, that would have never yeah. have happened. And that's, it's no. really cool that they, I think it's cool that they did that.
2: Yeah. The girl was badass.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it didn't turn out perfectly, but you know, no. it was an awesome idea that turned out pretty good. Yeah. So the only other complaints that I had is that there was only one water station on the course. And it was yeah and
2: it was pretty deep into the course yeah it was right? pretty it was like far after, towards the end after king of swingers I want to say or something like that
1: I would have liked to seen like I, I understand that they had the mid pit uh that you could get that you could get water <laughs> if you had somebody out there which uh, I, I never had somebody there to get water from but I would have liked like at least put some maybe over where um you know like after um before everest or after um after pyramid scheme, kind of that area in between mm-hmm. uh, pyramid scheme yeah. and um, spread eagle, that would have been yeah. really helpful. And and I say that personally because I know every lap, I while I did a better job this year of staying on top of my food, I was just getting thirsty. And and yeah. I and I was staying on top of my nutrition, but it was just such a long time in between being able to take a couple of sips of water, you know, so. right. Also, I I heard there was no noodles in the hospitality tent.
2: There wasn't. Like, how do you like not have year, noodles in the a hospitality? Lot of... tent. <laughs> a lot mm-hmm. of cup, couple, cup of yeah. noodles. Yeah, the I, cup I of noodles last had... year I think saved my life. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, I did a poor job of bringing enough food this time, and um, would have really that would have been really helpful. <laughs> 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 so that that was really the only complaints I had. I mean, I really yeah. overall didn't have really any complaints.
2: Hardly. Yeah, overall, I really enjoyed it. I I I feel like he Kyle really put on a great event.
1: Yeah. Um. After the couple of things before, I kind of I want to talk a little bit about my own personal experience. After the event, we you know we went back and ate and went to sleep, and then the next day for the brunch, uh, the brunch was good um food was food was good mark was really happy because they they had vegan options they had uh, eggs (laughs) like tofu instead of eggs um but at at the bar crawl i know you guys had to head out at the bar crawl getting to just chat with people i know um a couple of people i chatted with uh, a couple todd and tina they're from cleveland and todd had shaved into his head the Tough mutter logo, like the guy running, and then like oh, with the flames fire on the side in the
2: background. Yeah,
1: yeah, and his wife, her hair was colored a little bit as well. Um, but they, I, I chatted with him for a bit, and the reason I wanted to mention him is because he said that he has been running world since twenty twelve. You know, they started in twenty eleven, and uh, w- while talking to him, that's the thing I was really kind of getting at is how much more grittier and and base of an experience it was back then and, and versus now where we've got all these pit crew and we got parties in the middle of the pit, which I love <laughs> the way it's changed. But yeah. looking back like the night before the race, we were watching some of the, the old videos from the old races and just seeing right. how hardcore those people are like looking at the races that Amelia Boone won and that Ryan Atkins and John Young Pack came in and wrote and, and, <laughs> and won. Those people, I mean, they've got some true grit there. Especially when those laps were 8, 10 miles. My God.
2: Yeah. Like the OG badasses.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So it was really cool to get to talk to them to see kind of how they felt about the way things have changed and uh, what what it was like back then. You know, Ben, Ben, what's Ben's last name?
2: Bentacle Ben?
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What's his last name? Ben Capella. Get Ben Capello. So uh, a friend from Louisiana, you know, runs a lot of the battle races and whatnot. He ran last year, went by himself, which I, I, you know, I did that once myself. So I I understand and lost a wetsuit. I'm not really sure what happened last time, but, you know, he ended up being very cold and not doing so well last year. This year he came again and uh, lost his wetsuit again. (laughs) I don't know. But had somebody uh, loan him a wetsuit or had an extra. I think he had a spare that he had borrowed from a friend. Uh, So he did have a wetsuit, actually made it out and got himself 60 miles, which is pretty awesome. But what's so funny about this is I heard that he was a couple of pits away from us. And this, I think, kind of speaks to just a very interesting dynamic of the pit itself. Uh, Mm -hmm. If he was a few spaces away from us, I never saw him. Like, you know, the, the times that you come in and you run, especially when you're running with somebody who's got the same mileage as you because mm-hmm. if you are half an hour ahead of them you will never see them at all right uh, cuz you're always that much you know that little bit ahead of them like right i did i did i ever see you on course
2: Um, I don't think so. I know I kept, I I kept running into Javier at almost the same part of the course, almost (laughs) every lap. And like, he would come up behind me. And like, I remember the first time he passed me, he like grabbed my arm and it freaked me out for a (laughs) second for like a split second. Um, and then I ran into Mike, like maybe twice. um, Yeah, I saw Mike on
1: course. I saw Javier. I never saw you. Um, so yeah, it's I never saw Ben, you know, I saw Ben last year on course, but never saw him this year. So yeah. it's just funny how you can go this entire twenty four hours and not see somebody.
2: Yeah, and, and like,
1: and then I got done early and was watching the finish line, and then saw him come through. And mm-hmm. he literally went into that crowd of people at the finish line, and then <laughs> I never saw him again. And I know I told you this, and I I just I can't help but think that he just vanished off into, <laughs> into wherever he came from. I don't
2: know. <laughs> like where did he go?
1: how did I not see him after that? I was looking like I was literally like looking on the other side of the crowd where he would have been. And he never was there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. (coughs) Um, Jacob Bosecker from Bruce Mm -hmm. ER, He was there pitting for,
2: you saw him though, right?
1: Well, he wasn't running.
2: just making sure
1: (laughs) i saw jacob in the pit because he was pitting for somebody else but he was being super nice and coming up and like i said i I ran out of food i did not bring enough food ran out of goose he brought me goose and so i just you know i've I've told him already how thankful i am but i mean that guy was super like every every single time he saw you what can i do do you need this you need that you need this yeah yeah and and that's that's the pit dynamic in, in general. And, you know, we, we had a really special pit crew in the fact that we had, um, April, Mike, uh, April, Mark and Caitlin and Lauren. And we had this group who were all pitting for multiple people. Like some yeah. people, you know, you're allowed four people per racer, <laughs> yeah. but we had it
2: was like four, four racers. People, per
1: four for, people, Right. And they all took care of each other and they were also right. helping people, that were a pit over, and yeah. you know, anybody else that came through because yeah. they're just awesome like that. Yeah. Like, you know, I did it one time by myself, and that was if you've not experienced that, give it a try because that is an experience doing it by yourself. But if you're trying for legit mileage, you gotta, you gotta have a pit crew. You gotta have somebody there pushing but you not, and not, helping. Not you. our
2: pit crew because our pit crew is ours.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can't can't take our pit crew.
2: Can't have ours. <laughs>
1: um, which we have an additional pit crew uh, for next year because Mike said yeah. he's not going to run. He's going to pit.
2: He's going to run a media lap with Matt.
1: Well, actually, he's switching out with Mark because Mark's going to run.
2: Oh, true. <clears throat> so we still um, the a number of people. <laughs>
1: Do you have anything you want to say about your race in particular before I go into mine? I know we're getting a little long winded here.
2: I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't really think so. I I'm actually surprised that you know I I moved out here to Colorado in July and probably lost a lot of my um, routine as far as training goes. So going into mm-hmm. this event, I really didn't. I know I said my goal was fifty miles, but I really didn't have a goal. If that makes any sense, I guess that was like my A goal and then my B goal was just like to go out there and just to keep going as long as I could. And, um, and yeah, and I'm surprised that I, I, I didn't get my 50 miles, but I did get one, one more lap than I did last year. Mm-hmm. And I was still able to like curse myself into getting out of the tent and <laughs> 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 and leave my pity party <laughs> that I was throwing yeah. for myself and get myself out there for another lap. And, Um, and finish, you know, and, um, and then to come back home and get back into the usual swing of things. And really, I don't feel as bad as I did last year. (laughs) I don't feel like that's an improvement for sure. Yeah, for sure. And I don't feel like it took as big of a toll on me, uh, this year as it did last year. So promising things going into next year. So we'll see.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that's awesome. And that really does speak a, a lot because endurance racing is something that you build year over year. And it's right. not something that you can just do as a you know a beginner.
2: Yeah, it's uh, not something yeah. that you can just jump into.
1: Right. So getting most people like, anyway, <laughs> crazy mileage is something that and I'll speak about this a little bit in my own experience, too. But it's just something that you can't get until you put yourself through the years of the Mm -hmm. training it's not just oh i had one good year of training it's amazing how it takes the time the time that we put into this and uh you know what do they say that um ultra racers you don't all the good ultra racers are in their their 30s and 40s because they've had those years of building yeah and they're also probably bored with whatever else and don't want to go play football (laughs) and stuff but (laughs) But yeah, so uh, do you have a, like, are you thinking about next year already, or are you letting it sit still?
2: I'm registered.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm registered for next
2: year. Nice. I,
1: well, it is in I, Dallas. I, so, right.
2: It is in obviously. Dallas. Yeah, whenever I I saw that the rumors were true, I was like, okay, all right, I can't say no to that one. Well played, Kyle well played <laughs>
1: <laughs> that that really surprised me but i'm i'm happy of course yeah, yeah. but i i didn't think I, with the venue that they have it at i just did not think that they would choose to bring it
2: here right i i'm secretly hoping they have a different venue <laughs> just because well, I, it 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 worries me not that right. i think that course would be hard but that it would just be sloppy <laughs>
1: toughest was toughest was really interesting though because it was dry and dusty (laughs) the way they had it laid out you you didn't have wet obstacle dry obstacle wet obstacle dry obstacle like it was wet obstacles here and then dry obstacles over there right so i don't know i mean they, they did so well this year i trust them to make it work
2: yeah true they um but what I don't trust <laughs> is the bipolar <laughs> nature of Texas weather. <laughs> so there's always yeah. that.
1: <laughs> but but if you think about it, look at Atlanta. I mean, it was yeah. nasty the day yeah. before the race yeah. and then it was great the day of and, and, and the two days of the race. <laughs> so it's not weather wise, I mean I mean, even in Vegas, can you really trust what you might I mean, I guess it's right. be, it's been non rainy every year in yeah. Vegas. Yeah. Um who knows? I mean, it didn't rain in Atlanta. They the history I don't think of they OCRs in, in, in Texas, Jersey. though. <laughs> yeah, but but look at World's <laughs> Toughest History. I don't. True. I I don't recall seeing a video where they had rain.
2: Yeah.
1: At, like day of event.
2: Yeah, it'll be a surprise. Shoot,
1: we had we had rain the couple of days before um, last year.
2: Yeah, it'll be a surprise as well. for sure.
1: Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was funny because you know the weekend of the event it was I think pretty cold in mm-hmm. in Texas in Dallas, mm-hmm. and then the weekend after it was, yeah, we had that's right, we had the weekend before the event we had like in the twenties, and then the weekend after we had um I think it got over seventy a couple of times, hmm. so I mean it's it's a big toss up, yeah you can't really you can't really <laughs> bank on that. So, all right, so you're signed up for next year. Yep. Going for 50 for sure, right?
2: Oh, I'm going for a dirty 50.
0: <laughs> like Do you, Okay.
1: Do you have what have you learned that you that you're going to apply to next year to make sure that happens?
0: I've definitely
1: like learned
2: mind? that I can pull myself pull myself not anybody else saying anything to me, but just self-talk, <laughs> like okay. pull myself out of that whiny place
0: <laughs>
2: whenever I take on cold water and get mildly yeah. hypothermic and <laughs> and at the end of that last lap that I did, I definitely know I could have kept going, but I was just yeah. <laughs> what time like, did you finish? Uh it was almost nine o'clock, I think. Okay. In the morning. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: well, yeah, it's like obviously the hard I've got part, yeah. X amount of time. You could yeah. walk, you could crawl all that, that fast.
2: Yeah. So it wasn't just like the fact that I could pull myself out and get myself out there for one more lap. It's just knowing that I still felt good enough to keep going after that and just to keep pushing after that. Nice. That and my wetsuit was awesome. So I got that down.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: got the neoprene what, socks.
1: What what do you have?
2: <laughs> I had the I had bought the Vector Pro, I think, the like whenever okay. it, went, it was on special from Xterra. Yeah. And I know it's not like completely like 54 because I know like the thickness is different. It's it's up to a 54, I think. Oh, right. Um because it's got different thicknesses like under the arms is a little thinner than like around your core. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. But yeah, and then just working, getting back to getting, working on my endurance and building that base. So
1: I learned a lot this year, uh, <laughs> more than last year, I'd say. And and what's funny for me is I spent, I got, I got sick with, uh, you know, blood issues at the very beginning of 2018, dealt with that all year, had a iron infusion a week before world's. And ran worlds and felt pretty good, but obviously that was something I was still dealing with. Now at the very beginning of um, 2019, I finally figured out what the problem was and got it solved. And yeah, it's a little bit personal. So anybody that's curious, I don't mind telling, but I just don't want to shout it out to everybody. But <laughs> so if you're curious, just hit me up and I'll be happy to explain. But um, so once I got that solved, then it's now it's like okay, so blood's not my problem anymore. But now I'm starting to have issues with. Uh, my leg giving me, you know, pains, like, do I have a, a stress fracture? I don't know. Um, having issues with my ears, uh, that whole ear opening up thing or whatever that is. Uh, so trying to figure that out. So I, I spent the entire year dealing with just these different weird issues and feeling real unsure about it all. And then going into it, I pulled a muscle in my leg two weeks, you know, yeah, two weeks before, three weeks before. Um, so after healing that up, I really went into it just thinking, well, here we go. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to try and I might break my leg. I don't know, but I'm just going to go for it. And the most important thing that I wanted to do during the event was to go at a slower pace, not try to run at a, like what I would normally run up, uh, you know, a, a 10 mile or even, um, so I, I kept it slow and kept my heart rate low and that made a huge difference now, I think the ear issue, while I've been told by a doctor, you can use Afrin or uh, maybe even Sudafed. I tried Sudafed and it didn't work. Hmm. But during this event, I think because it was colder and I kept a slower heart rate, I never had that ear issue. Not once. So, didn't have to deal with that. I had Afrin, but I didn't have to use it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, another issue that I've dealt with is nausea. Getting nauseous during these kind of races. and it it started to happen in the middle of the night, and I started having a couple of bad laps. Like where I, where I came into the pit, and I'm like, I know I need to eat, but I don't like everything I look at or think about makes me feel like I'm going to get nauseous and throw. <laughs> and so it was really hard. But you know, my my pit crew telling me, "Hey, you got to eat something," and I'm like, I don't know what to say. I don't, I know, don't what, know what I don't know eat. what to tell you. Like I don't. I'm not sure. Um. So that they. Uh, and and that's another thing in itself is that when you do get in the race mode and you have a pit crew, you do need to trust them. Like you have to go in trusting them to make decisions for you, because when you get into a situation like that, it is hard to make a decision
0: for sure,
1: because just you're, you're so distraught with everything. Yeah. Um, so what I, I don't know how I figured this out. But as I was running, because it never got bad enough to me to like, it wasn't like last year where I was like, oh, my God, I, I feel like I'm a vomit. But it was bad enough to where I was just like, I don't feel right. I don't feel good. And I know if I keep pushing, it's going to get worse. And eventually, out of, I guess out of nowhere, I finally decided, what if I'm looking at the ground too much? What if I'm getting like motion sickness like in, yeah, like you would in a car? Yeah. And and I really feel like I, I can't promise, but I really feel like this was the solution, is that I started just looking up more. I mm-hmm. put my headlamp, clicked it up to where it was looking slightly a little bit more ahead, and just looked down the 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 trail more often. And and it went away. I, yeah, I got back sense. from a couple of laps and was able to actually eat and mm-hmm. like eat a lot. And yeah. that was huge for me because I was getting so hungry. <laughs> so if, you know, if you ever get nauseous, I mean, that's best <laughs> I can say is that's, that's what worked for me. Um, so yeah, I, I was surprised at how much I needed to eat every lap I was coming in. Like, give me a whole thing of soup. Give me a donut. Give me, I wanted, I wanted everything, you know, give me, I went through all my goos on course. Give me more, you know, um, <laughs> and that's actually something I learned for next year. And I know I've heard this before and I don't know why I've never done it, but I need to get two race belts. And have them to where they can fill one up while I'm out. That mm-hmm. way I can just switch it out and just yeah. trade off, yeah. Instead of having them fill them while I'm there. Uh, so so I got past that. I got past the nausea. My leg, this still blows me away. I I like I I went running yesterday and my mm-hmm. leg's a little sore in my shin during the race. It just went away. It just that's crazy. my any <laughs> any pain that I had in my leg just. <laughs> completely vanished. And for like the next couple of days after the re- event until I started running again, like it just was gone. Like for whatever reason, running 60 miles fixed my leg. I don't know. Like, what is that? Well, how does that happen? So weird. Um, so I, I, I know I need to go to the doctor and get my, I, I, I'm pretty sure I, um, my toe might be, have issues. So I, I kind of favored the outside of my foot. And that's probably what gives me leg issues and probably
0: probably
2: so
1: uh hip issues as well. But so I do know I need to get that checked out, but it was amazing how my body was able to just push it aside and just, <laughs> just continue on. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, not getting nauseous it was huge. Um I that made me that by itself, because I was looking back at like thinking back to all the times this has happened to me in the past, and I feel like every time except maybe once um has all been night races Mm -hmm. you know at nighttime you're you're looking down more off more times because you can't see as much with your peripheral Mm -hmm. vision uh so you're more more times watching your footing but typically that's the case anyway like when you're uh running you're looking down at your footing and in daytime your peripherals you can see everything so it's not so bad but i really think that's what it was is that it's just motion sickness
2: that makes sense
1: yeah um So I'm, I'm pumped. I ran 50 miles, uh, by, I don't remember exactly what time it was. It was, uh, before the sun came up, I had run 50 miles and was feeling good. Now, after I got the 50 miles over at that point, it was like, I'm, I'm mostly walking (laughs) because I can barely run anymore. Um, so for me, like where I've built myself to, I was actually able to run. Like I, I ran most of that race and that was, that's what was so awesome and made me feel so excited. Um, cause I literally was able to keep my aerobic engine into a, a mode to be able to handle the running. You know, your legs get past it. Your legs, you know, they look, they fix themselves <laughs> apparently. <laughs> uh, so once I got to, um, the, uh, 55th mile, the 55th lap and, you know, 60th lap, um, it was just like, I, I just, I gotta, I gotta get a couple more. In. I gotta get a dirty brown bib and I might as well round it up to 60 because even though I feel like I'm done, yeah. um, that would be silly to stop now, but that's where, that's where it became hard for me. And that actually encouraged me more going into next year. Cause now it's like, oh, wow, I've trained enough to where I can run comfortably through 50 and miles still
2: feel good the next day
1: and then well, finish 60 and I still had time. Yeah. I finished at 10 o'clock. I still had time three. No, 1030. I still had three hours to do an easy lap.
2: Yeah. At least one more lap for sure.
1: Yeah. Because even my walking laps were taking me two two fifteen. 15.
2: Yeah. So
1: uh, I had plenty of time. Um, so I know I could easily like destroy myself to get 65. <laughs> so next year, maybe my training will get me to where I can run, actually run through 60 and then walk through seventy five, so i i do feel really confident and, and kind of giddy and excited about going into <laughs> next year that uh maybe i can do it maybe i can actually hit 75 next year <laughs> um
2: you'll get it next year
1: and, and and because of all this as well i also didn't get the uh the the post-race blues this year like i know yeah. that's kind of that is a thing and i've yeah. had it before where you just kind of like oh well all the races are over i'm kind of like just sitting here right not knowing what to do with myself but i didn't feel like this that this year i learned so much that i'm i am jacked and ready like i said i haven't really started taking a off season i've i started eating like it's off season yeah but i <laughs> i haven't naturally uh, thanksgiving is coming up <laughs> yeah well uh also uh i got a membership at a climbing gym nice. and man that's fun like it's it's not it's not uh, like going to a regular gym. Like it's enjoyable to go. I don't feel like I'm doing work. I feel like I'm yeah, having a good time
2: because you're just like playing around. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I and and I don't leave. I've never left without my arm, my forearms, and grip feeling like they're just destroyed. So <laughs> right. I know I'm working on pretty good.
2: Well, since you're in Texas, and I don't know for any other ultra freaks out there. <laughs> um. <laughs> Grit Fitness opens up their ultra registration tomorrow.
1: Oh yeah, so what is? Uh, tell me, tell me about it.
2: Uh, I'm not really sure of like the details. I know it's going to be like a little less than a five mile course, um, and it's going to and it's going to be like something like a hundred miles in 24 hours. Um, but yeah, and you can do, you can do it individually or as a team. Um, and you have an so hour to a... complete the loop. So I'm getting this from their website at okay. gritultra.com. So it's 24 hours. You have it's a little bit more, just a tad bit more than a four mile loop. So you have an hour to complete the loop, and every hour on the hour, you'll start the loop again, and ah, you have to complete. Kind of yeah, you have to complete the loop within the hour in order to be able to start the next loop.
1: Is it just running or is it obstacles too? um, Because I've heard of races like that, but if it's grit. I don't see
2: anything about obstacles.
1: So maybe it's just a trail race. Yeah. That is a cool idea. It is a really cool idea. There's one that I've heard about that uh, is like that that I do want to do. I just, um, you're saying that it's 24 hours. What if you don't make the cutoff?
2: If you don't make the cutoff
1: to complete the
2: next loop, then you're done.
1: Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So it's twenty four hours for everybody that can make it that far,
2: right? Exactly. Because
1: I've I've heard of others where it's just you know you go to the last person's standing,
2: and only the hundred mile mile finishers will get a finisher's medal, and um, but everybody gets a T shirt.
1: <laughs> oh wow!
0: Yeah. Huh?
2: So it looks like it's going to okay. be interesting. How
0: are and you going it... to do it?
2: Uh, my. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> my. My race schedule next year looks pretty bleak.
1: (laughs) What is the... uh,
2: When is it? We'll see. Um, It is... It is... November... Oh, wait. I'm sorry. Registration opens up tomorrow, November 28th. Um, And I think... Oh, it's in the new year. So January... I'm so bad at this. December 31st at 12 p.m. So you can ring in the new year by... Running a hundred (laughs) miles.
1: Um, like it's it's in like two months. Yeah. Or like a month. Yeah. Um, Why is the registration just now opening? I don't know.
2: (laughs) I think this is like a new a new event that they just that they just. Oh okay. But yeah.
1: All right. Well, I won't be at that one. I I do want to do one of those kind of races this coming year, though. Yeah,
2: that is that does pretty interesting though. Sounds like fun. Yep
1: just see how far you can make it um right cool uh yeah i feel like in previous episode i, I had said our endure elite code was just ocr talk now and that's that's not true i, I messed it mm-hmm. up it is ref 10 dash ocr talk so if you're getting some some uh oh if you're getting some endure elite that that's cool use that code get your 10 percent off have you seen that they're working on carbohydrate patches, the
2: patches yes that's the quick carb patches
1: how crazy that's is that if that actually works weird like like would <laughs> you not cool. have to eat i don't know i don't i don't know how that would work but man that sounds amazing
2: i don't know either um that sounds really cool though and i would probably try it at least once
1: <laughs> yeah for sure and they've also got um perform capsules coming out in the yeah next, i don't know i think i six, pre-ordered those
2: i can't remember
1: so that'll be interesting sure to try as well those.
2: yeah so go get some Endure Elite and use ref10-OCR talk.
1: There you go. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's all that I got. This has been longer that's than expected I got. to be. Man, there's... Okay, talk WTM about.
2: recap is always a long episode, though, I feel like.
1: True. But again, I mean, Mike this and Caitlin year, split
2: theirs up into three episodes.
1: <laughs> right. This year was more... Like, I was... I just kind of accepted that what happened last year happened. And... Yeah. You know, I wasn't as excited about it. But this year... Yeah. I've been pretty jacked ever, ever since.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, Anna. Anything any last words here?
2: No, nope, that's all I got. All
1: right. Well to uh, go
2: white and knuckle it on my drive home now.
1: Oh <laughs> is it time to go home?
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh good luck. <laughs> yeah. And the is, sun sets at like four thirty. So.
1: Is it actually snowing or
2: No, but the high okay. today was like twenty eight.
1: Well, if it's not snowing though, yeah, at least you uh, you don't have the you know the windshield be getting clogged up.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: So, good luck. Get home just safe.
2: ice stuck on the
1: road. Everybody else, uh we got uh, Charlotte engelman We'll reach out to you and um.
2: And Chelsea runs. Chelsea
1: runs. We'll reach out to both of you as well. uh Have a good off season, everybody. We shoot. I can't promise we'll record before the end of the year, <laughs> but we're hoping to look to do a uh, podcast roundtable with some of the other podcasters so look forward to that if nothing else
2: it'll be a surprise
1: yeah all right take it easy
2: we're just full of surprises (laughs) bye everybody bye
1: all listen talk oh we had something we were supposed to add
2: oh yeah was it
1: somebody said it should be be our tagline.
2: you might be wrong or something like that all right
1: all right so i say the first part you say the second part (laughs) this is jason you say and anna and anna All right, let's try it again. This was Jason.
2: <laughs> and Anna.
1: And you might be right.
2: But you might be wrong.
1: <laughs> two. You got to add the two at the end.
2: Two. <laughs> <laughs> Fail. All right. We'll work on it for next time. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye.
0: you want to say hello? No.
1: Bye.